What's up, nerds? Josh and Tyler here, and welcome to another episode of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. This week, we are talking all about the biggest goofballs, tricksters, and practical jokers in the Nerdiverse. We're also going to be celebrating Fred and George Weasley's birthday by talking about some of their best moments and best pranks. All that and more are on your way, because 30 Nerdy starts now. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a next wave podcast and a bad cast company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. And now your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Nation, welcome to the podcast where everybody knows your name. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. This is 30 and Nerdy, and I am your master of ceremonies, the biggest Cyclops fan to walk the planet, Mr. Marvel himself of this show, Captain America of Morristown, Tyler McDaniel. And I am joined by my amazing co-host, my best friend in all the world, the DC dude, if you will. The biggest <laughs> bat fan to walk God's green earth. And probably, most notably, his biggest favorite superhero, Dr. Fate. And uh, he is also your nurse practitioner for the show. <laughs> And does all the sound effects with his own voice, Josh Davis. What's up, Doc? Wow, that's talent, man. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? It is. Yeah. Nurse, Nurse hear- Davis. Hello, Nurse. You should hear my Darth Vader. <laughs> It's all me, baby. It's all me. That's talent. I can tell. You've been practicing. Yeah. Well, I'm preparing myself for uh, auditioning for America's Got Talent. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're good. I I think you're ready. You know, I I love improving things in front Mm. of large groups of people. It's my favorite thing ever. Well, I hate it. Can't stand it. I like small crowds, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you are tuning in... For the first time, you're probably like, wow, these guys have really got it together. They know <laughs> themselves so well and each other. 
And if you're a regular, then you know that that entire intro is a crock of crap. It's April Fool's, ladies and gentlemen. April Fool's. Yes, there's no way in heck I'd ever call myself a Cyclops fan except for this day. And there is no way that Josh would ever be the DC dude except for April 1st. So, April Fool's, you've been duped. You've been had. Bamboozled. You've been foiled. Hoodwinked. So much ballyhoo going on in this show already. I'm telling you, man. I think today, the fact that April Fool's Day is not a national holiday is a travesty. You know, April Fool's is a fun day, except for the time that you guys pranked me like nine years ago and told me that you lost one of the WrestleMania tickets. But we'll okay. talk about that later. We will. Uh, uh, nine years ago today, in fact. It is. That happened. I missed a whole half of my physical education course at, at college because of that. Okay, Just that saying. I did not know. I was devastated. I was devastated. I did not know that. April Fool's. No, I was oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, it's a great time for jokes, you know? And I found, not to make light of a very serious situation, but mm-hmm. I am going to do just that. These are social distancing pickup lines. Ooh. Okay? Okay. You know, I know people are tired of hearing about what's going on in the world, so you're still going to hear a little bit about what's going on in the world, but in a fun way here. Okay? Yes. So, here we go. You can, you can try these out on Madison. Huh. If COVID-19 doesn't take you out, can I? Is that handsome? No, I'm not going to do that one. (laughs) Even though it's April Fool's, this is still a PG show, JD. Hey, of course. (laughs) Well, you know, teachers don't tell jokes that aren't PG. Oh, of course. That's never happened ever. That's in your contract. Since all the public libraries are closed, I'm checking you out instead. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah. You can't spell virus without you and I. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. I would have said you can't spell virus without us. Hmm? Oh, that's way better. It is. Oh, man. Why aren't you writing these things? I don't know. That was... I gotta give it to you on that one. That was great. That was way better. Okay. Uh, baby, do you need toilet paper? Because I can be your Prince Charmin. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no? I mean, that's not too bad, I guess. I saw you from across the bar. Stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Without you, my life is as empty as the supermarket shelf. <laughs> Hey, babe, can I ship you a drink? <laughs> God. You can't spell quarantine without U-R-A-Q-T. Gosh. <laughs> That's the worst one. The next one just says, I really can't stay. <laughs> mm. Baby, it's COVID-19 outside. Oh, gosh. So another negative spin on that song. But there you go. Those are your pickup lines. Fellas, if you're single, or I guess if you're not, and you're trying to just, you know, uh, flirt yeah. with your lady a little bit. Here's some pickup lines while uh, <laughs> you while you safely social distance yourself from from people. <laughs> These are pickup lines for text or FaceTime or Zoom. 
<laughs> or drone. Or drone, whichever you're yeah. using at the time. So, uh, My goodness. aside from those garbage pickup lines, how's your week been? You know, man, it's it's been business as usual. Mm-hmm. April Fool's. No, yeah. uh, it's, you know, I, I some people are talking about, oh, all these things that, that you're going to get to do, all the books you're going to get to read and the shows and movies you're going to watch during this time. And I'm not getting to do any of that, really, because I have a two-year-old. So it's mm-hmm. like, get up watch Frozen and Mickey Mouse and stuff like that and just hang out with, with the, the little girl. So I'm really not getting a lot of uh, that stuff done. Yeah, I'm just kind of being dad and stuff. So that's what's going on with me. How, how's it going for you? Um, Not too bad. I mean, each day it kind of gets to me a little bit more and more because, you know, like we talked about, just the... um. Just the fact that you can go somewhere, you have that opportunity and that freedom to, goes a long way. <laughs> because when you can't, you start to realize how much you took for granted just being able to go places. Yeah, um, it's true. Like the mall or a, a crowded area. Um, I think that it has shown me patience. It has shown me other things to do in my life other than what my norms are during the day or on a regular day. Um, I have, uh, you know, started reading and listening to some audible books, um, stuff like that, um, trying new shows out, and I guess realizing, um, how do I say this, that... Though we love family time, <laughs> when they're the only five people you see now, from day to day to day to day, and that you guys are almost in this this scheduled life now, let's just say that it it tests your patience as well as the strength. Of your bonds, if you will. Uh, luckily, though, you know, no one could go to his room. Peyton can go to her room. Uh, Mom can go to her room. Um, my room, or what used to be my room, is a gutted basement now. So, I don't have a room to go to, but I do have a mattress in the middle of the living room floor. Um, which makes me feel like it's either doomsday or I'm in a mafia family <laughs> and we're putting mattresses on the floor. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, you know, I'm finding some ways to pass the time, but it really does. Uh, it's fine when it's really nice out. Like a few days before this, there were great walking weather. And so I'd take her up for a walk or I'd, you know, we'd mow the yard or we just took the cover off the pool because we're having to change liners. So we were like, we can go ahead and get a step up on that since it's been nice yeah. and we got nothing else to do. So we took the cover off, folded it up, put it in the building, and we started cutting away at the liner uh, before, so we're, we can replace it in a good amount of time and not have to lose swimming time. So uh, it has shown me patience. That's the word that's coming out of COVID-19 for Tyler is patience. Wow. How long it lasts? 
we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear that the pool is uh, on the way, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if since we skipped winter, if it's going to be swim worthy weather in April, <laughs> you know, coming up, we might as well open it early. We spend a lot of time at that pool. We do. It's going to be an interesting when everything calms down and I get to go back to Atlanta. Uh, I think that's one thing that settled in is I was like, I finally did it. I finally moved away. I got the courage. And a month later, now I'm quarantined back in home in Morristown. <laughs> I was like, well, it was a good month while it lasted. Now and I'm here for another three. <laughs> And you don't even get to come to the fortress to. No, do the show. I don't. We're still. It's like we're literally a mile and a half from each other, and I'm down in my sanctum nerd torum when I could be in the fortress, like the good old days. Hard times. Hard times. Yeah. <laughs> As the American dream would say. Hard so, times, uh, baby. I hear that uh, that our our buddy had a little something to say this week. Yes, the Rev, formerly known as the Rev of Rants. Uh, he really took what we said uh, early on this year about 2020 being a more positive nerd impact, less toxic nerddom. Sure, sure. And he has uh, found a new heart, if you will. Um, okay. Got a heart transplant from the old 30 and Nerdy <laughs> crew. And he is now proof the... That, yeah. Proof that Logan Roach has a heart. Yes. Aw. And we love him 3,000 for that. So, he is now the Rev of Riddles. I guess he, uh, you know, formed a new alter ego. So, we're going to have segments every now and then, not every week, uh, called uh, Rev's Riddles. You know, or Riddling with the Rev, uh, if you would like. He has this first one, this new one, and uh, he was very interested in our opinion as well as our listeners' opinion. Um, So, I'm just going to kind of read the basics of what it is. Um, With Phase 4 basically being somewhat of an epilogue to the Infinity Saga, and Phase 5 following it, establishing the future of the MCU. Using the MCU formula that we have seen to date, who is your big start for the future? Who is your Iron Man, your Hulk, your Cap, your Thor? Who carries us into the next gen of the MCU? The blueprints are yours to build with that formula. So, Doc, who... It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, I would like to say that I am moving heavily forward with X-Men. You know, maybe the Avengers can be... And I hate to say this, you know, because in the comics, they were the B-team. They were not the forefront of comics until this MCU was built. So... Now, you know, that B-team being thrust into the, the... limelight and becoming the A-team, I would put the Avengers kind of on the back burner for a while and see individual X-Men stories moving forward. And that would culminate at the end of every phase with an X-Men movie. I think that Spider-Man, as long as they can get the stuff worked out with Sony, I think that he's definitely got to be prominent moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Doctor Strange as well, since he's got another movie uh, in the works. Mm-hmm. How about Black Panther? Yeah. And also, I, I really want them to go ahead and bring Wolverine in pretty soon. Seeing him with the Falcon and Winter Soldier, possibly. Hulk, if we've still got him, that would be a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, I want to see him. 
Fantastic Four. What about them? Say that again. Fantastic Four. Yeah, if they can get Reed Richards brought in. Maybe not even all four at once. Well, and Johnny Storm is an opportunity to have another cool, like, young hero. Mm -hmm. That's that's an interesting power to have at your fingertips. What if you were set to build Phase 5 and on? Captain Marvel, too. I mean, I think she's going to keep carrying on for a while, so she would probably be a pretty prominent leader in that universe, too. So uh, I think that's still a pretty good team. Spider-Man, Captain Marvel... Possibly Wolverine one day, maybe Daredevil. He might be so kind of nearing nearing the new Avengers storyline, like the new Avengers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or kind of like what you saw in Ultimate Alliance, just a hobnob of crossover. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool. I think the Ultimate Alliance, that first story of Ultimate Alliance, would be great to build towards with Doctor Doom as the big bad. Yeah. That would be really that's, cool. Yeah. But that's a very good first one, Rev. I like that. Listeners, if you're interested, please email us where you go. Where do you go if face if the keys to the kingdom were given to you and the ability to build phase five through seven or eight or nine or ten, whatever. If that was given to you, what do you do? We're very interested to hear that. So a lot yeah. of pressure. It is a lot of pressure, but uh also, um, a lot of power, and you know what your boy says. With, With great, great power, power comes great responsibility. Mm. So, that being said, last week we had an amazing culmination of the March Nerdness bracket. And our winner was Captain Marvel. Congratulations, so Captain Marvel. So well deserved. She is our champion of the Nerdiverse for our March Nerdness. Congratulations to her. Very deserving. That was fun. You can catch that anywhere, YouTube, uh, any podcast platform of your choosing. And you know what I think it's time for? You know what I feel like doing? I bet I have an idea. It's probably about that time for you to... Talk nerdy to me. Oh, I'll talk nerdy to you. Your word for the week is nerdocracy. Nerdocracy. The new NWO, if you will. The nerd world order that is sweeping time and space by storm. The nerdocracy is the wave of nerd culture that has brought comics, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and other nerddoms to the mainstream, baby. Yes, we are one. The nerdocracy and its its leaders, leaders that pave the way like Stan Lee, Mm -hmm. Jeff Johns, Kevin Smith, Brian Q. Quinn have almost totally scienced the nerdtatorship of the old world ran by the likes of Stephen Hawking and Bill Gates and Captain Kirk. The old world is over, friends, and the nerd world order is here. And it is mainstream. Join us. Or get out of the way. N-W-O. Nerd World World Order. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. So, why don't we go on to your your favorite 
time of the show, and it is called Whatcha Watching. This is the the COVID quarantine edition, if you will. Uh, so, JD, what you watching, man? Honestly, man, I have not really been indulging a lot in in the nerd stuff uh, this past week. I've just been so busy with my daughter and keeping her entertained, and we watch a lot of Frozen and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I can briefly just say I've been watching some of the uh, Spider-Man animated series and decided to go back and watch the the Venom saga, the first uh, time that Venom was involved uh, when he was introduced in the series. That was a lot of fun, so I recommend that. It is on Disney+. Plus. Unfortunately, some of the episodes are out of order. Uh, not the Venom stuff, but later on, things are a little out of order, so I'm going to probably go back and like look up a list of the correct order and watch them like that. Uh, so just a heads up if you decide to do that. Other than that, man, not much of the, the nerd stuff. I've been watching some Parks and Rec just because it Ooh. makes me happy. Uh, I like to watch sitcoms and funny, lighthearted stuff before bed. So that's been my pick here here recently. Uh, so that's on Netflix still. So if you're a fan of uh, The Office and you've never seen Parks and Rec, definitely check it out because they're very similar. They're not well, same connected. Creator. It's yeah, it's not a spinoff or anything like that, but it's a very similar style. A lot of fun, great characters. It's a great show. Did you know that there was an intent? There was originally a plan for it to be somewhat connected. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The creator of The Office who played Moe's. the American Office, the American Office. Uh, he originally had an idea to um, have an episode where they have to order a new printer, and they have to order used. And Scranton's uh, terrible printer that they got rid of in the office wound up <laughs> there. So, like, he had this that entire he had this entire back and forth, um, insinuating that Leslie was arguing with somebody at at uh, Dunder Mifflin in the in the Scranton business office. Uh, on pricing, but they eventually get it, and it sucks. And the original working line was, uh, where did you get this? I don't know, some Munder Difflin or something like that, some stupid paper company in Scranton. That could was their, imagine, that would have been so could you, good. Could you imagine Leslie Nope versus Dwight on the phone? Oh. Or Ron Swanson and Dwight, or Ron Swanson and Michael Scott? <laughs> Ron Swanson would not know what to do if he talked to or met Michael Scott. Leslie Nope, though, would love Michael Scott. They would have gotten along. Would she? I think I she, would have. she would have. I don't know. Her exci- excitement for her job and his excitement for his job, um, I think, would have made them get along. Yeah, but sometimes Michael Scott is not politically correct, and I don't think that she would like that. That's true. So how about you? What you watching? I've been watching a lot, man. Uh, and with now, since I've moved, there's one TV in the house, the big TV in the in the, the living room, and five people sharing time. Um, so it's been very interesting, I guess. Um. You know, uh, I've been watching a show with Nolan. Nolan uh, has gotten me hooked on this show, this Netflix original series called On My Block. 
Uh, it's about a, uh, I'd say 70-30 split, drama and comedy. Okay. Uh, it's about these teenagers living outside of L.A. I really enjoy it. It's got some pretty deep moments, pretty scary moments, especially if you're a teenager. Um, great storytelling, though. Uh, I love the, the, the characters in it. Um, when it's funny, it's hilarious. And when it's drama, it's gut-wrenching drama. So, I enjoyed that. Uh, Peyton and I, uh, before all this, um, she was uh, catching up and binging through um, The Masked Singer. And so, uh, I love that show. Uh, Now that we're home and we're, you know, in this quarantine, uh, we've watched a couple episodes as a family. And uh, me and I have actually uh, developed a pretty good record. Okay, I wouldn't say pretty good, a a decent record at correct guesses. in a few episodes. Uh, the most rest, recent unmasking was Jojo Siwa. And that was I pretty that. It was pretty easy. If you know who Jojo she was. was. I used to watch. Right? Yes, she was the T-Rex. I used to watch Dance Moms. For some reason. So oh, yeah. I knew who she was. Already. And she's also these days a popular YouTuber. So her spitfire energy on the mic. And the way she'd say like OMG or blah blah blah. Peyton Im- immediately guessed it, and after hearing Peyton's guess that it was JoJo, I started to pick up on even with her voice changing that they do in the show, you could hear her speech impediment. And JoJo has a, a you know, not to be mean, it's just something she has, and so we were, we were right with that one. We were a hundred percent right, and it shocked us that the guests the the judges waited so long to pick up on it, and only one person guessed it correctly before she was unmasked. So, yeah, I do not have a great record uh, with guesses. I've only really guessed like three or four of them. I definitely knew Tommy Chong a long time ago when he was on the show. He was the pineapple or something. I knew him. And then there was a couple others that I was pretty sure about. Last season, uh, Chris Daughtry was on it. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I was so certain that he was Nick Lachey. I was adamant about it. Yeah. I was telling Becky, like, that guy is definitely Nick Lachey. And it was Chris Daughtry. So every time I feel really confident about one, I'm never right. The um, the premiere of this year was after the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Me and Dad watched that episode. The minute, the second, the robot's clue package started and he was talking, I was like, that's Lil Wayne. Even with the robot voice, you can hear Little Wayne. And then when he sang, I was I like, "That's ah, no definitely Little Wayne." Yeah, his voice, and he even sang like this the whole time. Are you gonna go my way? I was like, "It's Little Wayne, easy, done." And I was right. I had no idea. I like that show though. So then, me and Mom. It's a lot of fun. Uh, watched a great th- thriller that I highly recommend. It's called Gone, with Amanda Seyfried. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hit me hard because there are so many cases that happen in this movie. There's so many cases like that around the world, and so many, you know, no disrespect, but law enforcement officers react the way that they react in this movie. Um, I'm not going to go into into detail. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I highly recommend you watch it um, if you've watched it and you want to talk it. You can, you know, email us at the show. And uh, we'd love to talk about it with you. But, J.D., I highly recommend it. It's not a horror. All right. 
Um, okay. I think you and Becky would really like it, especially since she loves like true crime and all that. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll check it out. It's called Gone on Hulu. I did also gotcha. watch a documentary. I did not want you to okay. be the only documentary writer or watcher. So there's this documentary on Amazon uh, Prime, uh, So which means if you are a Prime member, it's free for you on Prime Video. It's about real-life vigilantes in costume. Real-life superheroes, if you will. May not be a positive light for us nerds, <laughs> um, but uh, like they use um, Batman as a justification for what they're doing, and even me, a nerd... And a Batman fan is like, okay, he had intense training. He was wealthy. And, oh, yeah, not real. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's coming from a nerd. So, but there are moments I was like, you know what? That is pretty cool. That this culture hit them so hard that they were like, you know what? Maybe I can make a difference. And, to be frankly honest, again, no disrespect to law enforcement, it showed a, a different side to, like... These people went above and beyond. You know, they went to where the law couldn't go. And they actually, man, have helped in some cases. And it's just wild. You should check it out. It's called Superheroes. Um, and I did also start listening to It on Audible. Um, and it comes off the idea that me and David at Johnny Had the Keys, has the keys, uh, uh, idea of a crossover episode with us and them uh, and it would just uh if you would like to also read it and then watch back through the original and the reboot you're free to join us okay. jd uh yeah. i think I'm it'd be cool and i can already tell you that the book is night and day different i've heard that before night and day however the only yeah. complaint i would have is the movies have better linear feel this book is so back and forth amongst the timeline gotcha. and it's not okay. just them as children them as adults it's other children's point of view who got taken it's a completely different like the you remember the beginning of the sequel to or the part two of the recent rendition of it there's that couple i haven't seen it yet you haven't seen the part two no well i guess we're just gonna have to watch it then i will awesome but yeah, it is totally different. I highly recommend uh, reading if you've got it or finding it on Audible. It. So yeah, if that's that's my list. I've been doing a lot of what you're watching and reading, and I've also been playing that game I talked about, uh, Quantum. Quantum Break. Break, and uh, I am just finished Act One. It's really cool. Really cool. I've been replaying uh, Arkham Knight. Really. I play it like. Every other year or so. I just love that game so much, and there's so much to do in it. Now, is, I love driving the Batmobile around. Is so. it loosely based off uh, the Long Halloween? or? Uh, no, not really. It's The only reason it's sort of compared to that is because so many villains are involved and it's all in one night. Yeah. They do reference that, though, uh, in the game because he's talking to Alfred, and Alfred says, Oh, sir, this reminds me of when blah, blah, blah happened on Halloween, and it was a rather long one, if I recall. I heard that that's where Matt Reeves is going with his Batman. Yeah, that'd be cool. Is the long Halloween. Um, that would be really cool. Which they have joined the rest of the entertainment world on 
canceling production until further notice. And did you see that they pushed Morbius to 2021? Oh my goodness, no. Yeah, they pushed Morbius to 2021. Oh no. Not even later in the year. That darn coronavirus. If if coronavirus virus was a person, I'd punch it. But that's pretty much what I've been doing, man. Why don't we uh, get to some uh, nerd news? All right, here we go. DC Comics said they will begin to push some new comics during the pandemic to go out digitally because their shipping team is shut down. With this happening and DC trying to still get comics out, what sort of blow will this make to the printed comic book industry as well as comic book stores? Uh, that is an interesting question. And uh, Kevin Smith was talking this week about that, like how he, he owns a comic book store mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Secret Stash. Jane Silent Bob's uh, Secret Stash. And he's owned that store for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, we're going to take a big hit from this. Uh, this is a lot of people are going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And think about the, um, the hole in wall comic book shops, the not known comic book shops. Like think about that kind of weak sauce comic book shop where me and Logan live in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a huge hit. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's scary for that industry. So next, the company behind Just Cause. Did you play that? No, not really. It's a pretty popular first-person shooter game, or FPS for you video game nerds out there, is rebranding from Avalanche Studios to Avalanche Studios Group and introducing three different creative branches called Avalanche Studios, Expansive Worlds, and Systemic Reaction which just dropped a new teaser trailer for a new first-person shooter. And do you know which uh, the um, that second branch, uh, Expansive Worlds, do you know what games they make? I do not. You know those hunting arcade games? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That's them. Okay. Bill Burr will be reprising his Mayfeld character in The Mandalorian Season 2. Great. (laughs) Bill Burr's character was one of my least favorite parts of the whole thing. That episode where they infiltrated the prison to get the Mm -hmm. guy out. Mm -hmm. All those characters, I did not like any of them. And if you are a Patreon supporter of the show, you get all of our Mandalorian Mondays (laughs) when you sign up. Nice plug. Um... Did you know that Sasha Banks from WWE also filmed a stint in Season 2? I did. And it has also been rumored that Jamie Lee Curtis will be spotted in Season 2. Ooh. Yeah. I'm very excited. I am too, man. Good thing that they've already finished that and we're going to get Mandalorian, man. I'm really excited about that. Maybe they'll work really hard to get it done quickly. And and release it early. early. That would be fantastic. So, John, if you're listening... (laughs) Come on, Disney. Uh, Moving on, a new graphic novel is heading to the shelves. Gotham High, written by Melissa De La Cruz, follows high schooler Selena Kyle and her love triangle with Bruce Wayne and Jack Napier. And if you follow that mythology, Jack Napier is, in some mythos... The Joker. The Joker and the the shooter of the Waynes. (laughs) Gotham High. Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay. I guess it's I'll, a cool way to uh, reach a different generation, maybe. When is this coming out? Uh, well, 
It was originally scheduled for April. I guess we'll see. <laughs> okay. We'll see how that goes. I have to look into that. Hear ye, hear ye. Netflix is developing a live-action feature adaptation of the legendary 80s arcade game, Lair. Ryan Reynolds is currently in talks to play the role of Knight Dirk the Daring on his quest to rescue Princess Daphne from the dragon. Mm. You know, I never played Lair. I did, but did not either. I would... Definitely check this movie out. A new book by Andy Green titled The Office, The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom of the 2000s is a book of first-hand accounts from the show. In it is penned one account by a boom operator stating that Steve Carell did not want to leave the show and it was not his idea. I recently read an article about this very uh, same thing here. So really? I, and I saw, yeah, uh, all about Steve Carell not wanting to leave the show they basically just kind of didn't really care. It sounded like they were just very, you know, hands off with it, and he just left. Dang. So I'm going to read that book. I think I, I saw on Facebook a friend took a picture of it and said he was going to start reading it. Um, so I I love The Office, and I agree. I think it is probably the greatest sitcom of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. I would I agree. I mean, I I don't know what what would beat it to be honest. Um, so that's definitely one that I'm going to put on the list to, to check out. I'll check it out after you. Just make sure you yeah. Clorox it before I borrow it. Spray some Lysol. After news of production on Eternals being finished, new rumors have surfaced that it will be the movie to take us to Atlantis and Namor. Mm. However, other rumors say it will be Black Panther 2 that does so. I will be happy with either one because I think Atlantis will be great. What if... And Namor would be great. What if you... Because he's originally introduced as somewhat of a villain, correct? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. What if Sometimes. he's against Wakanda in Black Panther 2? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. And it'll also be interesting to see how Marvel does the underwater kingdom differently than what was in Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... That'll be very interesting. Uh, with the pause of some comic production and the business at its most dangerous since the late 70s, legendary comic book writer Gail Simone and other writers have led a charge on the thought that it's time for another Marvel DC crossover series. It would be the biggest thing mm. to ever happen. I mean, people would go crazy for this. I think, I think it's a great idea, but I think the problem is would Disney... Would Disney agree to do something like yeah, that? Yeah, because now you got to think they're now under the Disney banner. So It's sort of like with Vince McMahon and the WWE. Like He does not acknowledge any other, yeah. like, any other type of wrestling or sports entertainment. Yeah. It's kind of like that with Disney. Like They're not going to acknowledge any other thing. No. All their own stuff. So I don't really see it happening, but it would be huge. It would make a ton of money. I would so. buy three issues of each one. I'd buy an, ish, an issue of each thing released to read, an issue of each thing to shadow box, and then an issue of each thing to save and pass down to my kids and say, I was there, son. <laughs> I was there when the great crossover happened. I was there, kiddo. I was there. <laughs> this used to be orange trees as far as the eye could see. You take these and buy yourself a spaceship. <laughs> 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 All right. 
Next item on the list, Nintendo donated more than 9,500 protective masks to North Bend, Washington to help fight COVID-19 spread for the first responders and health officials working with the virus. Nintendo had previously purchased the masks for the use of Dr. Mario and a campaign for emergency preparedness planning. Good on you, Nintendo. Great job. Great community outreach. Bad game systems in the modern era. I don't necessarily agree. Well, let's say bad library of games in the modern era. Alright. Last piece of news here. In a recent interview with Collider, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins opened up about her original comic book movie debut as Thor the Dark World's director. Why she exited the project... And she went on to say, I did not believe that I could make a good movie out of the script they were planning on doing. She described, I think it would have been a huge deal. It would have looked like it was my fault. It would have been, oh my gosh, this woman directed it and she missed this and this. And shouldn't be directing comic book movies. You can find that whole interview on Collider.com. And all I can say is, thank the Lord. Thank the comic book gods that she left that project and went to Wonder Woman. Um, but it did make me think, yeah. how many times do you think that happens? How many times do we go after a director's throat when ultimately it's the script's problem? Or how many times do you think directors helm a film that they do not believe in? Um, for instance, was Brandon Ruth actually a good Superman with a bad script? Oh. Uh, I don't know. That's not a good one to ask me because I have not seen that Superman since like right after it came out. Mm. So that particular instance, I don't have an answer for you. Okay. But I think it probably happens a lot. You know, think about how much how much flack that uh, Ryan Johnson got after the Last Jedi. Mm. But then apparently, Knives Out is like the greatest thing ever. I haven't seen it yet. But every single person that I have heard from who has seen it has said it was just like this unbelievable movie. Yeah, yeah. So, TJ, our friend TJ said Knives Out was to me. He said Knives Out was fantastic, uh, proof that he needs to stay in that world and not touch Star Wars. Um, or how about this? Schumacher still to this day gets so much hate for destroying the Batman franchise in those last two movies. Uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. So it makes you think. Did he just not believe in the project? Did he just direct it for the check? Well, either way, it all worked out for Patty Jenkins. It did. But that being said, that is the end of your nerd news. Encore Theatrical Company is a volunteer-based regional community theater that uses the power of the arts in live performances, education, and various creative outlets to cultivate and enhance the quality of life in the Lakeway community and the East Tennessee region. There is always something going on at Encore from plays, musicals, camps, classes, community outreach, and most of all, fun. You can follow Encore Theatrical Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, get all your information on what's going down at Encore Theatrical Company at www.etcplays.org or by calling 423-318-8331. Come see what the rest of 2020 has to offer. Five women wearing the same dress, Pippin, Frozen Jr., and even Elf the Musical. 
Come see what's going on here, where it's not just theater, it's Encore. Ashley Lodge Photography is the place to go if you want an original, creative, and fun photo shoot. A true variety junkie, Ashley's main focus is bringing out genuine personalities in all the vibrant colors that make your life unique. Specializing in commercial and dance photography, Ashley Lodge has 15 years of professional experience and is available for any type of photo shoot. Weddings, headshots, seniors and newborns, Ashley has the passion and creativity to offer each client a truly one-of-a-kind experience. Clients enjoy photo shoots in a full commercial studio located in downtown Morristown, as well as anywhere else on planet Earth. Seriously, Earth is huge, so dream big! Ashley is ready to enthusiastically leap into whatever amazing art you, your family, your company, or dance studio is inspired to create. If you mention 30 and Nerdy, you will get a 20% off discount from Ashley. So, check out www.ashleylodgephotography.com to become inspired and book your next photo shoot. Hey everybody, this is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news, and then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. And we're back, and it is time for us to... On the best tricksters the best jokesters, and the best pranksters in the Nerdiverse, because today is a day to celebrate people like that, Mm -hmm. because it is April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. However, though, first, we have a birthday to celebrate. Fred and George Weasley are perhaps two of the most loved characters in the Potterverse, and for good reason, too. Today, April 1st, as you are listening to this right now, it's Fred and George Weasley's birthday. Today, they turn 42 years old. Well, sadly, George turns 42. I mean, Fred was slain in the Battle of Hogwarts in the final act of the last book of the Potter saga. Spoiler alert. Sorry. However, today is the day for celebrating the birth of them and some of the best antics that they had in the Harry Potter novels. Mm. And movies. Yes, Yes, some of the best antics. And sadly, if you're a book reader and then you watch the movies, some of their antics went unseen in the movies. But we could we could do episodes upon episodes about the books. These are just some of our favorite moments. And we may have some of the different moments, J.D. So yeah. my first favorite moment is when we first meet Fred and George in the first uh, book and movie. And it's when Harry's trying to figure out how they're getting to platform nine and three quarters. And Molly's showing him... And then Molly turns and goes, all right, Fred, George, your turn. And he goes, no, I'm George. He's Fred. Honestly, woman, you call herself your mother, uh, your, our mother. And then they're like, just kidding. I am Fred. Boom. Runs through. I think that sets that the tone moment, for their character. You, in, exactly. In that moment, you know exactly who Fred and George are. Yes. Uh, another one, if you think to, I guess it's the third book, when they give Harry the Marauder's Map, they... They were in uh, Filch's office, mm-hmm. and they saw when he left the room or something up on a shelf, he had this map, 
and it belonged to, of course, Harry's dad and all of his friends. Yes. And so they figured out how this map worked, and then it's sort of like fate that they then pass it on to Harry. And I remember in the movie, in the scene when they show him the map, he's walking through the snow in the invisibility cloak, and they can tell that he's there. They know exactly who it is. Mm -hmm. So they kind of grab him while he's invisible and pull him into a closet and show him the map. The performance of that in the movie, the way they... One would explain a part and then it'd jump to the next person to explain. It's just so seamless the way they performed yeah. it. And then when they speak at the same time, it's just, it's, I love it. Uh, I also love when they stick it to Professor Umbridge. You know? That'd be book five. They yes. take in the big, the owls. It's kind of like or something. Big test. And they don't even have to be there because they're seventh year. Seventh year is optional. Yeah, and they came anyway. And when things go crazy under uh, Umbridge's uh, rule of the, of Hogwarts and everything, they light up that big firework dragon to chase everybody around, yeah. and they blow up all the papers and everything, and fly out of the school. It's an awesome moment, and the movie did a really good job with that too. That the fifth movie is one of my favorites of the whole series. I would agree, uh, and honestly, what a way to drop out of school. You know, oh, could you imagine? Like, wow. Not just a, oh, I quit. They went out with style. And, you know, what they don't show you in the movie that happens in the book is Harry bankrolled their store. You know? That's true, yeah. The store that they had at uh, Diagon Alley, right? Mm-hmm. Wizard, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. And actually, when I was in Scotland and uh, in Edinburgh, walking down the street that was Diagon Alley that they used in the movie, uh, the building that... Right was their store is is there and it's actually still painted that color just doesn't have their sign out out there uh so that was pretty cool what about their interaction with ron as a brother oh yeah they always give ron a hard time and pick on him like brothers do yeah he's like offering discounts to people in the store and everything and then ron goes well hey how much is this he's like oh it's like Ten, ten galleons. Yeah. He's like, but I'm your brother. How how much for your brother? Oh, 20 galleons. Double it. You know? <laughs> Double it for the little so, brother. Love Fred and George. They are my favorite of the Weasleys. Oh, mine too. And fighting in Dumbledore's army. Um, you get great scenes with them uh, in the books. Um, some of those played out in the movies, like when they uh, showed up uh, to double as Harry. That's actually seven because that's when Hedwig yeah, dies. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. You're that's right. the scene that Hedwig dies in, and you thank Hagrid's yeah. dad for a whole chapter. Oh man, that was the that was the moment when I put the book down, and mm-hmm. I was like, I may not be able to continue if yeah. Hagrid is dead. Yeah. So, I mean, Hedwig was hard, he but if Hagrid were to die, I would have been like, I'm done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty that done with it. this. That was enough for me. Like, if this is the way things are gonna go, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, J.K. They're two of my favorite characters. I mean, they're probably in my top five of characters, and they always have been, kind of because that's, you know, the kind of person I am most times is an April Fool's fan, a goof, a, you know, a trickster, if you will. Um, but, you know, we could spend so much time on them. We do want to wish them a happy birthday. Even though they're fictional characters, we nerds love the Weasley twins. We love Harry Potter. Uh, so happy birthday to probably two of the biggest pranksters in nerd history, Fred and George Weasley. And obviously, 
They belong rightfully in this episode. Um, but let's talk about some more pranksters. Uh, no matter if it's comics, television, books, or movies, every outlet has pretty awesome practical and impractical jokers. Uh, so we are going to talk about some of those favorites and some of our memories of them and maybe give you a little fun, unknown facts about them. And I, why, don't, why don't I start this off? Trickster. His name is literally Trickster. And rightfully so. James Jesse of the DC comic book universe is perhaps one of the trickiest of Flash's rogues gallery and also one of the more colorful villains in DC. Some fun facts about the Trickster are that he has been played by Mark Hamill in live action as well as in voice acting. Uh, he is, he's belonged to a few different alter egos like Axel Walker and Giovanni Giuseppe, who is mainly known by his alter ego, James Montgomery Jesse. Um, and the reason he did that is because James Jesse uh, was raised in the circus and he was born to the Flying Jesse's Trapeze family. Uh, but he had a dreadful fear of heights, so what he would do in the circus is he would reenact these these old western stories of Jesse James that he loved. He was his favorite historical figure was Jesse James, so that's where he got the name James Jesse. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the trickster. Um, I think that he's one of the more underrated DC villains, if you ask me. Um, we get to see Hamill as the trickster in the old 90s Flash movie. And then he came back as an older version of that trickster in the CW Flash series. I was so excited to see Mark Hamill in The Flash when I watched it, and I loved that character. I I, I like that they acknowledged that old Flash series as mm -hmm. well because uh, Barry Allen's dad and a Flash from another universe is the same guy that played Flash in that series. Yes. And then bringing Mark Hamill in to do his same part again, mm -hmm. I really think that's cool. So John Wesley Ship. Cool, was his name John exactly, Wesley Ship? Yeah. It was so cool, almost as if the '90s were not a time; they were an Earth. I liked how they played that. What's one that you? What's one that you can think of? So here's a here's another fun trickster. How about I give you a clue? Okay. Oh. Of course, Jack Sparrow goes on the tricksters list. Mm. He is uh, everyone's favorite eccentric rum chasing pirate. And he blew up on the Disney scene in the first film, Pirates of the Caribbean. He was born on a pirate ship during a typhoon in the early 1690s. Ooh. And he's become one of the most legendary names synonymous with pirates in the modern era. Agreed. He's nicknamed the Trickster of the Caribbean. So it's perfect for him to be on this list. Yeah. Jack may be Johnny Depp's biggest and most notable role when you ask most people. I would agree. I would probably say so. I mean, we would probably know him as... Before, you know, to us, he was Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands, yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you yeah. Lost, ask a lot of minor people and say, Johnny Depp, what do you think of? They'll say, oh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Easy. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow originated from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disney. He was one of the pirates uh, in, in the ride, and that's where he comes from. I did not know that. Yeah. Last time I rode that ride, I was 12 years old. And I can't remember much of it. I remember the scene that eventually was kind of like Tortuga. The guy being dunked in the barrel. Yep. That's yep. actually from the ride, right? Yep. Yeah, I thought so. Mm -hmm. I remember that part of the ride. So, uh, the next people on the list, even though that recently we've been talking about them separated, and we've talked about a lot of them in the past few months, Joker and Harley Quinn. Uh, we've discussed them quite a bit. Um 
don't want to go too much in detail on them because you've always already heard us talk about them till we're blue in the face. But they belong on this list. Joker with his his electric handshaker, his his gun that says bang instead of shoots, his his acid flower, his chattering teeth, his laugh, Harley Quinn with her laughing gas. Yes, with her mallet and her I mean he's a clown, come yeah, on. Yeah. I mean it would be hard pressed not to say that Joker would be if this was a ranked list that we were doing, if we were ranking, he'd be battling for top three easily. He'd, he'd be up there for yes. sure. Yes, absolutely. How about Loki? Mm. Loki is like the god of tricksters, right? He's yeah. he's perfect for this list. He's most notably known. He he is most notably known by his portrayal by Tom Hiddleston these days mm-hmm. in the MCU. But Loki is the greatest trickster in the Marvel universe. He's the son of Odin and half-brother to the god of thunder, Thor. Of course, he's not the biological son of Odin. He's actually a frost giant, but he has the ability to multiply himself and, and change his form and do all this stuff. So with Loki, much like a lot of other tricksters in comic books, you never really know what's real, yeah. what you can trust and what you can believe. Mm-hmm. And we also see that in the movies, like when Thor's talking to him and he's not even there. So he throws rocks through the little image yeah, and that he sees, the projection of Loki. Um, I also like uh, when Thor's telling the story about when they were kids. He's like, he turned himself into a snake, and he knows I really love snakes, so I'm picking up and I'm cuddling this snake, and all of a sudden, boom, it's Loki, and he stabbed me. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, what a prank, <laughs> trying to kill his brother, even at a young age. And also, I like um, when... In Avengers, the mo- the first Avengers movie, Natasha's like saying all this bad stuff about him, and you know he did this and this, and he's like, "Take care how you speak of my brother. He's of Asgard." And she goes, "He killed eighteen people in the past twenty four hours. He's adopted. He's adopted." <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about Loki and Thor is uh, go get help. Oh, uh, can we do get help? We're not playing go get help. It's like, help, my brother, go get help. And then he throws his lifeless body at the bad guys. You remember when, uh, um, when at the end of Ragnarok, when Surtur blows up and he's like tall and destroying Asgard, Loki's just like, I'm not doing get help. (laughs) I'm not doing get help. Uh, I, I like Tom Hiddleston as Loki, but you know, if you really want to get a grasp for Loki, read some Thor comics, man. I mean, he, his antics are just legendary. This next one belongs on the list from way back. Bart Simpson. Now, in our days, I don't know if you watched it and quoted it when you were a child in the 90s, but when, in my heyday, uh, first off, The Simpsons was a no-no to watch, and this kid was probably one of the most hated TV characters by parents. Uh, yeah, his catchphrase, eat my shorts. Don't have a cow, man. Yeah. Got a lot of us nineties kids in trouble with parents, teachers, any, any authority figure <laughs> that you said that to would get you in so much trouble. Uh, he was originally voiced by a uh, famed voice actor, Nancy Cartwright. Uh, he first appeared on television though, in the Tracy Ullman show short, good night in 1987. Then they got their own show. Uh, fun fact, though, Nancy Cartwright originally auditioned for the role of Lisa, and Yardley Smith auditioned for the part of Bart. However, due to their voice tones, they were switched in casting. Cartwright got Bart, and Smith got Lisa. 
Everything works out, doesn't it? It does, because Bart's voice every, is iconic. Every year, uh, I teach The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, and one of the episodes of the Treehouse of Horror on The Simpsons, they did uh, The Raven. And Homer plays you know, the, the, the speaker in the... In mm-hmm. the poem, and Bart plays the Raven, mm-hmm. and so instead, uh, when Homer gets up and he's chasing the Raven around, and Bart's like, "Nevermore, nevermore, nevermore." <laughs> I could and one time, like, well, he like the, he opens the door, and and so and the Raven said, "Eat my shorts," <laughs> and then Lisa's like, "No, Bart, it said nevermore, and that's all he'll ever say." But the kids always uh, enjoy. Um, the Simpsons Raven video. Do you remember when Disney Plus started showing trailers for Disney Plus? And one of their trailers was the Simpsons trailer. Homer was in the Iron Man Yeah, suit. and Bart walks out and he's like, I'm not putting these ears on, man. And he's like, you put these ears on! And he starts doing the choking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought well, that was I, funny. What's great about Bart is like, even if you don't know the character, but you just watch the intro to the show... And you see him like he's riding on the chalkboard. I will not do whatever. Yeah. And he's riding his skateboard around everywhere. You you know right then all you need to know about Bart. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I'll take I'll take the next uh, prankster on the list. We have Peeves the Poltergeist, Ooh. another Harry Potter character. Sadly, though, Peeves is missing from the movies. Mm. But he was a very popular, mischievous poltergeist. Uh, wreaking havoc in the halls of Hogwarts in the book series. And if you were sneaking around the corridors at night trying to unfold a dark plot, Peeves was one of your biggest hindrances. He could put a damper in your plans easily if you came across him because he would call for... Mm-hmm. Uh, students Phil, out of bed! Students, students out of bed! Out of bed. He would, yeah, he was always somebody you had to look out for. One of his favorite pranks is randomly materializing in front of you and yelling in his, in his shrill voice. That you would hate... Uh, Peeves, Josh. I would have hated Peeves. <laughs> I would have absolutely detested Peeves. I hated Peeves in the book, to be uh, perfectly honest with you. Did you know that they did actually film uh, some Peeves stuff for the Sorcerer's Stone? Really? But it got cut. Oh. Yeah, they had uh, they had done some Peeves, but it was cut. I love Peeves. But I guess if you think about it, he never really... Never added to the plot, I guess. Exactly. Now, I have always said that I would love to see a Harry Potter series. Mm. Like, maybe even an animated series or something like that. I would love that. That's an opportunity to bring Peeves in. Yeah. Where you don't have to... Maybe one day small. You don't have small time frames to tell big stories. You could do entire series on each book. You know, entire seasons. Yeah. Kind of like they did with uh, Series of Unfortunate Events. Yeah. I think it'd be great. So, I'm, I'm going to take the next one as well, because I can. Oh, yes. This one is one of uh, one of the favorites, I would say, from this list. Agreed. How about Deadpool? Mm. It's probably everyone's favorite Marvel goofball. Deadpool, a.k.a. Wade Wilson, was created as a spoof on DC's Deathstroke in a jest that the character took itself too seriously. Mm. So, Deadpool does the exact opposite of that. He doesn't take him so seriously yes. at all. Deadpool has a healing factor, a talent for murder, and dimensional awareness because he knows he's in a comic book. Yes. So sometimes he'll just talk to you, the reader. His fourth wall breaking is what makes him one of the greatest pranksters of nerd culture. If we were ranking, pretty sure that he'd be battling hard for one of those top spots. I would agree there. I would agree. Love Deadpool. 
And the movies, okay. The first time we saw Deadpool was not done so well. <laughs> I mean, Reynolds played him well, but they did they destroyed the character in that Origins yeah. movie. Because <laughs> Deadpool was just one of those fan favorites that had so much potential. And then to bring him in like that and not even let him be who he's really supposed to be. Agreed. That Deadpool took himself too seriously. Agreed. Which was the whole point of the character. He's not mm-hmm. supposed to be that way. But so then we not, got the uh, we got that the fix, the rebirth of the character Deadpool. And even in that first movie, he makes fun of the old Deadpool. And in the second movie, he yeah. kills the Deadpool from the ori- the Origins movie. That was so satisfying. Oh, so satisfying. Fan service. So, just a quick PSA here. It's not what you're watching anymore, but if you have uh, access to Deadpool 1 and 2 while we're on our quarantine, watch those movies. Not for kids, of course. Nope. They are very much uh, R-rated, possibly even X-rated. So, do not uh, watch that with the kiddos, but if you're an adult... Check out Deadpool. Love Deadpool. I'm going to take this next one because I know you definitely don't dabble in this world. You've tried. No. Supernatural's The Trickster. Now tell me, Tyler, which season and episode and minute mark is The Trickster in Supernatural? Okay. Trickster first shows up in season two. Yes. So I've probably seen him then. Uh, he's played by Harry Spite Jr. Uh, that episode was Tall Tales, I believe, is what it's called. And basically, uh, that you think they they've killed him at the end, and there's this little like close to end scene where you find out he's actually alive. Then he comes back, probably at least once or twice every season until we find out who he really is. He was later revealed as the Archangel Gabriel. Uh, the Trickster has been a fan favorite uh, since he first showed up. Very few characters have probably been killed and resurrected as much as Gabriel has. Um, his antics have been known as a fan favorite, especially the episode Changing Channels, where he drops the boys in this television universe of crappy sitcoms and commercials that they have to reenact. Um, though he eventually joins the good fight alongside Sam and Dean, he will always be known as the Trickster, with a sweet tooth and a knack for messing with people who deserve their just desserts. Um, he's known for bullying bullies, if you will, in ironic fashions. Um, All right. alligators in the sewers, you know, the ghost that haunts, the, you know, old, ta- old wives tales, stuff like that. So the next trickster we have, I'm so glad we included, mm. we included this guy because I was thinking about him the whole time. Uh, he may not necessarily be, uh, what you would consider nerdy, but he's got to be included. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers' answer to the famed Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, is one of the biggest pranksters of the cartoon world. His famous antics like the carrot eating, hole digging, costume changing, taking the wrong turn at Albuquerque, the famous What's Up Doc, it's all legendary. Legendary. Bugs Bunny absolutely 100% belongs on a list of tricksters and pranksters Mm -hmm. and And a couple things about bugs one uh he his costume antics nobody cared back in the day if bugs dressed up as a woman to hide from elmer fudd because it was funny you know it's like bugs got to bend those rules because he was bugs bunny 
you know? And mm-hmm. he also is a reason that we have a segment and I say, what's up, Doc, to you. That's paying homage every episode to Bugs Bunny, the legend Absolutely. of Warner Brothers. And I mean, in the 90s, any Warner Brothers movie always had him leaning up against the logo eating a carrot. Remember that? I do. Love Honorable mention uh, also goes out to Wiley Coyote. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, his his pranks don't uh, typically work out. They backfire on him. Because he, he keeps buying from Acme. Mention. Why does he keep buying from Acme? All right, the next one on the list definitely belongs. All magic comes with a price, Derry. Rumpelstiltskin is the best part of the television series Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. And if you say he's not, fight me. I will. I'll fight. He definitely is. I got to say, though, I got real sick of the back and forth with him and Bill. Like, that really got old. Really yeah, fast. I would agree with that. It was kind of like, you know, pick a lane. Uh, kind of like in Glee, I got sick of the back back and forth with Rachel and Finn. Oh, I never really got tired of that. I'm sorry. Now, however, they learned that you can't guarantee that that character will be there. For when you want to end with their wedding or whatever, we learned that mm-hmm. the hard way. That's why I think it's it's, you know, it's safe to you know add a little drama here and there, but eventually put them together, keep them together. So that show, I'll be honest, man, I loved it. Season one, I thought it was just so clever, mm-hmm. and I tried really hard. I watched it all the way up until I think the last. I, I didn't start the last season. I think that was where I stopped. It just got exhausting for me. I couldn't keep up. They changed the timeline four or five different times. It's, mm-hmm. It was all over the place. Everything was so back and forth. I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Which was a shame because I originally started out loving it. Mm-hmm. You know, Rumpel was always two, head, two steps ahead of you, always ready to make a deal, but he always knew when you needed a deal made. Like, But, like he says, it always comes with a price. And... That plays out really well, definitely in season one and season two. But, and I guess he definitely belongs on this list. He does. At, at, at what point do people not realize? I probably shouldn't make deals with Rumpelstiltskin though, because yeah. it never works out for me. He's not to be trusted. He's not. When they turned him fully babyface, though, I think he lost a lot of his character. I agree. Hmm. So the last trickster on our list here, we have Mysterio from the Marvel Universe, a Spider-Man villain, in fact. He's the master illusionist in the Spider-Verse. When he's around, you never really know what's real and what isn't. And they did such a great Mm. job with Mysterio in Far From Home. Jake Gyllenhaal, he was a great Mysterio. I loved it. And the fact that, spoiler alert, in the end, he essentially unmasked spider-man i mean he mm-hmm. he was the one who revealed spider-man's identity he sent the video to jay jonah jameson all of that was from mysterio that's crazy because in the comics he was i mean he was around a lot but he was never a huge threat he was never as prominent of a villain no as someone wasn't. who you would think would reveal the identity of spider-man no exactly know? and and like you said they played really well with the what's real and what's not and far from home uh, it almost made you think of those old cartoon episodes or reading a comic that he pops up and you'll be reading, you know, six or seven pages in a Spider-Man comic going against Mysterio and then you find out 
on the set eighth page that, oh, wow, whatever we just read wasn't actually real. And right. they did it really well in the movie. And I have uh, not really been the biggest Hall fan uh, throughout, I think maybe just because I haven't watched a lot of his movies uh, growing mm-hmm. up. I did watch Donnie Darko when he was younger, obviously. Uh, but his his portrayal of Mysterio, it made it, and the, not to be funny, it made it real for me because right. uh, he's a good actor. And like you said, he's not, he's in the Sinister Six, correct? I think at some point. At some point. But he, he's not what you would consider an arch enemy of Spider-Man. He's no, not, not the not mainstream really. enemy. But they made him this household name out of a villain that... You know, typically we would say a B-lister. Yeah, exactly. So I think he definitely belongs on this this list. I would agree. And I love how they incorporated the technology elements Mm -hmm. to make his tricks happen in the movie. Because in the cartoons and the comics and stuff, it's like special effects and and all that stuff that he does. Yeah. Uh, And the scene in Far From Home when uh, uh, Peter's having the big freak out... uh, when he thinks he's talking to Nick Fury and it's all a big illusion. Yes. Know? That's one of my favorite parts of that whole movie. That was, I thought was just genius. That's crazy, so. man. Crazy. And about as crazy as the people on this list. And they all belong. We could probably spend weeks with lists of tricksters and pranksters if you feel that there are people who belong. Like, obviously, we've got great honorable mentions. Like, we could talk about uh, Dennis the Menace. From pop culture. Yeah, Dennis the Menace is a good choice. And, you know, we haven't talked about wrestling tricksters. Ooh. There's tons of great tricksters in mm-hmm. wrestling. And with WrestleMania coming up, we got to at least mention one. And okay. when I think about wrestling tricksters, mm-hmm. the first person who comes to mind Viva la raza. is Eddie Guerrero. He was a great trickster. And even his music says, I lie, I cheat, I steal. What else do you need to know? That tells you everything right there. I love the times when he would like, he would take a steel chair and he would smack it on the ground or make a loud noise with it and then fall over and act like the other guy hit him yeah. with it so the referee would, would try to disqualify him. Yeah. He was so smart, so entertaining. So Integro, He is on my Mount Rushmore of trickster wrestlers. Absolutely, man. Uh, rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie lives in the heart of every wrestling fan who ever grew up watching him, uh, especially great moments like him beating Lesnar for the title. Still one of my yeah. favorite Eddie moments of all time. So maybe one day in the future we'll have another list of these. Maybe Kismet will happen, and we'll have another day where we're releasing on an April 1st, maybe next season, maybe the next. It just depends. You never know. Uh, and we'll do another list of jokesters. Or we'll just, for the heck of it, make another list down the road. Because we didn't talk video game characters. And like you said, we didn't talk wrestlers. Um, there's a lot of jokesters in the nerdiverse. These are, just, these are just our favorites. Yeah, these are the ones that stick out. Next week, however, we're going to be talking about the no-case of the Immortals. The no-show of shows. The emptiest stage of them all. The night too big for one night and too big for an audience, apparently. This year's disappointment, COVID Mania. I mean, WrestleMania. Wow, tell us how you really feel about WrestleMania, Tyler. 
So, WrestleMania does happen this weekend, so next week's show we're going to talk about the results of, the, of WrestleMania, give our input on it, and tell you our thoughts about it. Uh, you know, it's going to be memorable, but not necessarily for yeah. uh, good reasons. Uh, but we'll see. You know, maybe they'll pull it off. Maybe they'll have some nice surprises for yeah. us. We'll have to wait and see. But next week will be all about wrestling. I think we're also going to discuss a little bit of the history of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to have a special guest. Ooh. A very special guest. So make sure that you check that out next week. And we will also be live tweeting during the event. So if you follow us on Twitter, 30 and Nerdy Podcast, we'll be live tweeting during the event. Uh saying not exactly you know step for step what's going on but our thoughts um reactions outcomes stuff like that so if you have questions or thoughts about wrestlemania or any of the jokesters we talked about now there is one person you know last week i dropped a bomb on you and told you i was a tiktoker now i am a tiktoker i'm searching fame of any kind at this point um there's this this new favorite tiktoker of mine uh she is a huge wrestling fan she's out in california uh, her name is Chelsea uh, Wyand. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I wouldn't be shocked if we see her in a wrestling ring one day. Uh, if you like what wrestling, uh, I would suggest you follow her. She is on TikTok, but her Instagram handle is Chelsea Wyand. It is C-H-E-L-S-E-A-W-E-I-A-N-D. Uh, she does a lot of great uh, lip syncing to popular promos from wrestling she even has a cool little funny video of her reenacting a contract signing she has she's most of the time seen with her women's championship around her belt her actual one not a toy like we buy but that really expensive ones um come on man we're 30 years old we don't buy toys that's that's crazy we've never Uh, we've never uh, had wrestling matches for a toy title that's just (laughs) That's insanity. That'd be crazy stuff. Uh, but I recommend following her. I can't wait to see what she thinks of uh, WrestleMania. Um, I hope to keep up with her. But also, if you're on TikTok, follow her. She is she is fantastic. I uh, also want to be, shout out to our Patreon or our Nerdtreon supporters. Um, you get a lot of behind-the-scenes footage, special gifts every now and then, sneak peeks on what's to come. Our Patreon supporters just got April's uh, lineup yesterday, and we will be dropping that to the general public tomorrow. So you get early uh, onside of what's coming up, and you get special episodes like we've talked about Mandalorian Monday. And currently we are doing This Week in Wrestling on our Patreon. Yes, on this week on This Week in Wrestling, I guess we're going to give our predictions for WrestleMania. Yes. Yes, we'll go through the card and give our predictions. Definitely want to check that out. Uh, and also, uh, we uh, possibly, maybe I can talk you into doing some Titans Tuesdays. Finally, if you would just watch the show. Please. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, um, give us a rating at podchaser.com. You can find us with our friends in the Pod Nation group. And uh, you can also give us a rating in uh, the podcast apps you use, especially on iTunes. And when you're giving us a rating, we hope that you'll give us... Five stars! That's right. Five stars. That's the sweet spot. Even if you don't like us, please. Please give us five stars. Yeah, just leave us those five stars out of spite. Yeah. It would really suck for you to give us five stars. Yeah. 
So uh, that is about oh. it, my friend. That's all we got. Yeah. I'm spent. We know. We never told the April Fool's story. Oh, well, how about we end with the April Fool's story? Nine years ago. That's insane, first of all, to think about. I was in college, and I was in a physical education class. Okay. That I was, it was riveting. I was (laughs) so engaged with uh, the content that day. It happened to be April 1st on this fine day, and I was looking forward to the upcoming uh, weekend mm-hmm. when I was going to go to Atlanta and go to WrestleMania 27 with all my best buddies. Mm-hmm. Well, I get a phone call while I'm on, on break in class, and it's from Tyler telling me that Logan, who has our tickets, the physical copies of our tickets, has lost one of the tickets. Well, I'm freaking out, and I'm thinking, this is why I should have been the person to <laughs> hang on to the tickets, because I don't lose things. Logan is an idiot and has lost our <laughs> ticket. And they're trying to tell me that, well, uh, Tyler's girlfriend at the time, she's not going to get to go to WrestleMania because uh, Logan lost her ticket. And I said, well, you know what? I think she should go, and I think Logan should stay home because he lost the ticket. (laughs) So I am calling. I get on my phone and call the Georgia Dome. I call them, and I say, listen, my friend is a moron, and he lost our ticket. What can we do? Is there any way that we can, like, prove that we had the ticket or something like that? And we can all still get in. And I can't even remember what they said. But then I call you back, and I'm ranting and going on and fussing about Logan. And you go, Josh, Josh, calm down, calm down. And I missed all of the rest of my class at this point because <laughs> I'm calling the Georgia Dome. And you say, no, wait, what day is it? And I said, I don't know, it's Tuesday. What do you mean, what day is it? And he said, no, what's the date? It's April 1st. <laughs> And I was like, you son of a mother. I just, my blood pressure went through the roof. I'm cussing out my my friend Logan. I'm calling the Georgia Dome, asking what I can do to get a replacement ticket because my idiot friend lost one because I should have been the one holding them on. And then you tell me it's all a prank. And I've never forgiven you for that. And you just wait. You just wait. One day, you're going to be like 57 years old. April 1st, I'm going to walk into your house and slap you in the face and say, that's the payback <laughs> for the rest of the jerk. April Fools, <laughs> slam the door in your face and walk out the door. Or walk away. Oh, gosh. What a story to end it on. I've forgotten how enjoyable that was. Hmm. Yeah, it was great. It was hilarious. It was fantastic. The reason you're on blood pressure medicine now is because of me. Those people, those people at the Georgia Dome felt so bad for me. <laughs> they were. I've never of... been to WrestleMania. This is my this is my first WrestleMania that I'm I'm excited about. I think Logan's ruined it. <laughs> you're like he did this on purpose because you want it to be a you thing and not include me. <laughs> Oh, that was a good time. Well, man, I guess we'll catch you uh, around the the river bend for the next one. We'll uh, see you this weekend, I guess. We'll watch Mania. All right, and we will catch you nerds later. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, 
and Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a Next Wave podcast and a Bad Cast Company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. I'm ready to be elevated. That's all, folks.